May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Christ, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, in the gospel you just heard Brian read, Jesus talks about drinking from the cup that he drank from. What he is referring to is sharing in his way of life and in the experience of living life that way. An experience that his life clearly showed is not always welcomed by the world. Because the world lives in a different way, quite often different than the way that Jesus showed. And so this phrase continued over into early Christianity. When they heard this phrase, they thought of, the two, of, the, of two things, similar to what you probably thought of when you heard the phrase, gathering together for worship, for Eucharist, of eating the bread and drinking from the common cup. Sacramentally, the way we as the body of Christ are, are nurtured by the Spirit, uh, by the body of our Lord and Savior. That, were, that would have been a very powerful image when they came together to be nurtured by the body and life of Jesus Christ. But also in that would come the natural ex experience of going back out into the world and trying to live that way in a culture that didn't really accept it. A world where, where there were at odds with the Roman Empire and the ways in which that empire went about conducting its business a way that often brought them into religious tension from the faith that they had grown up with and continued to practice, the Jewish faith, and also the culture of the pagan faith around them, a culture of gods and goddesses. They live in constant tension and in many ways experienced the same realities that Jesus did himself. They were rejected, persecuted, some of them were martyred, so when they heard the phrase to drink from the common cup or to drink from the cup that Jesus drank from, all of that entered into their minds. So what does this mean for us in the 21st century? How do we drink from the same cup that Christ drank from? It's not really about etiquette or such debates as how we intent or something like that. It's much, much deeper. What it is meant for is pretty much or, sorry, what it means for us is pretty much what it meant for those early Christians. It means that we commit to come together in worship to be sac sacramentally nurtured through the life of Christ. Not that we do it when we feel like it, or for entertainment, or even when it touches us deeply once or twice, but that we will commit to wor worshiping together so that our lives can be informed by the gospel, by the trust in God we share, and even when we question it, by the sacraments or by the service we are all sent out to do when we leave this place. As we do so, we also commit ourselves to transformation, to an openness to the type of transformation and change that can take place in our lives when we truly do open our eyes to the type of life that Jesus lived. We also know that in trying to live this way, sometimes as individuals and as the gathered faith community, we ourselves will experience tension in the secular and even religious world around us, and sometimes within our own hopes, thoughts, feelings, and dreams. 
because we think things should be one particular way. It's not really an answer for Job. It's a question. And that's the third page, not the second page. You know, I almost feel as if I've uttered a dirty word from the pulpit this morning, saying the word commitment. In popular culture, this word has become very suspect. Today we are very careful with the things that we commit to. It seems to be something at odds with living lives uh, for ourselves, which is what dominant culture says it's all about. We live our lives for our own interests, our own causes, and for the ways in which we think things should be. This way of being makes it dangerous for us to enter into commitment. We want to be open to whatever we want to do. It's interesting to actually look at the roots of the word commitment. They have to do with where we place our attention. One dictionary states it, where we pitch our interests. Or we might say it is with whom or what we cast our lots. Just last week, Father Pope challenged all of us to wrestle with this question during Consecration Sunday. Where should I slash we cast our lots? What is the story that I choose to live by? Where do I place my faith and my trust? What is the prayer over my life? What is the life experience that I am willing to give my life to? And whose good do I actually serve? These are the questions we have to ask ourselves when we focus our attention on God and Christ. The question is about with whom or what we cast our lot. The questions are about where our commitment stands. The challenge of the gospel is always, do our commitments stand on solid, eternal ground, or do they stand on the shifting sand of the times in which we live? Because quite often, the eternal side means we may just have to let go of some of the things that we have been holding on to so tightly. Sometimes it may require us to let go of some of the stories that we live our lives by and define ourselves by, about the way things are supposed to be, maybe even the story about what we long for. Sometimes we have to change where we place our trust. Sometimes we have to shift our desire, the desires of our hearts, and even sometimes we have to wake up to more of the things that we give our lives to. Sometimes we have to figure out to whose good are we really giving and serving. In short, to drink from the cup that Jesus drank is to experience a shift, a quite often a reversal in our commitments and where we place ourselves to this life we live. What does that look like when you put flesh and blood on it? Last week, there was a story about a rich young man in, in the readings for the week that he had to look differently about how he thought about his possessions. His possessions have gotten a hold of him, and Jesus called him out on it. This week, we find Job pleading with God about why so many bad things have happened to him. After his so-called friends tell him it is because he has done something wrong, God comes on the scene and has the last word and says, Job, who do you think you are? Were you there when the heavens were formed? Do you help a lion find what to eat? Who do you think you are? It's not really an answer for Job. It's actually a question. It calls on Job to shift his thinking. It even calls 
on his friends to shift their thinking as well. Look at the reading from Hebrews today, where Jesus is compared to the high priest, but not the high priest that was the expectation of that day, not from the line of Aaron, but from the line of Melchizedek, who was a figure in the book of Genesis, who came to Abraham and did things with Abraham that normally only a priest would do. He prepares a sacrifice of a cultic meal, blesses Abraham, and even takes a tithe from Abraham. The expected order of priests didn't even exist at that time. In Hebrews, we hear that sometimes we have to step back from some of the expectations that we have grabbed onto so tightly about what, what it is supposed to look like to be in relationship with God so that we can actually drink the cup in the experience of being in relationship with God. What about James and John in the gospel? They wanted to know if they had a special place with God. By golly, they were doing it right and expected a special reward. Jesus basically tells them to step back from that ideal and to drink from the cup and be willing to commit to life this way. Let's go out of the Bible for a moment and get more personal. In my own life, this, the gospel especially today and this theme of drink, drinking the cup from Jesus as he drank has been very important and powerful in Ashley and I's life. As two weeks ago, we were planning um, to announce at Halloween, Halloween um, that we were pregnant with our second child. And then at our second ultrasound, we found that baby had no heartbeat. So talk about a shift and learning what it means to drink. And a personal thank you, side note, with all of you that were Christ to us in that time of need. What a powerful place we, and people we have here at St. John's. It was a real putting aside our own ways of doing, thinking, and being in the world to cast my lot with Jesus, who generally asks us to think and be a little bit differently than we normally expect. Maybe today we have discovered what Christians have always known. There's a story that is different from the story that we are taught as we grow up, that the world teaches us. There's a trust that is surer than anything we can count on. There's a prayer that reaches deeper into our true hearts and minds than anything we can buy or attain for ourselves. There's an experience of life that even when it is not pleasurable, it is more desirable than our deepest fantasies. There's a joy in serving and giving for the purpose of spreading the kingdom of God against the superficial benefits that sometimes can take an entire life to achieve. And when we live by this story, we find life, the life that lasts forever, and the kind of life that we would want to live forever. In the end, the mission that Jesus sends us on not only gives life to others, but so much life to us as well. This is what it means to live the gospel, to live the good news. This is what it means to drink the cup that Jesus drinks. May it be so. Amen.